state and still draw them at every forum. Don't lose no points, I just score them. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the forum. I go by the name of Charles Diamond, the Black Bruce Wayne, here with... You didn't say AKA. I didn't say AKA. Oh, well, I, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to say Ali then. All right, we're going to not do AKAs. I'm not even going to say my name then. Unwritten rules. You just said it. Oh, oh not my real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, well, I've messed up the beginning of this podcast, but we're just gonna, we're just gonna fire on through that. <laughs> I was trying a new self-introduction and it messed up. Anyway, uh, we haven't talked to you guys and girls in about a week, and as with every week in Lakers Nation, it's been an eventful week. Um, so we're just gonna dive right into it. We got a couple topics to hit, but I don't really want to give a table of contents. I just want to dive in and start talking. Are you guys cool with that? Yeah, but my favorite thing about that was, it's so true, we're not even going to be talking about any games, probably. We're just going to be talking about things that have happened around the team. And there's so many. (laughs) They played games this week? (laughs) (laughs) I I have no idea what you're talking about. All I I know is that the tank took a severe blow by beating the Pelicans. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm so happy watching guys like yeah. Jamario and, and Caruso. Yeah. So I'm fine with it. That game was anti-tank artillery. Alright. So first off, um, Kobe Bryant made some news. Uh, this guy, man, it doesn't matter if he's playing it or not. He's winning Oscars. Mm-hmm. He's going on late night talk shows. Anyway. He's not eating cow tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what, what, what do you think about that? There was a lot of uproar about Kobe listing himself, then MJ, then LeBron, in the order mm-hmm. that... It was James Carden, right? Was, was James Carden on the show who asked him yes. to list those? I, I mm-hmm. thought it was like James Corden? Yeah, it was. Okay. okay. I don't watch a lot of late night talk shows, so I apologize for mispronouncing <laughs> your name, sir. Uh, do you guys think the uproar about that whole thing was warranted? I, I think it's so stupid. Like, if if someone asked Kevin Durant that question, I would want him to put himself first. Right. I would want to, I wouldn't want any player who believes that, you know, or is an all-time great, they should put their name first. Shaq would put his name first. I don't think any, any other great would not put their name first. So, I think people getting mad about it is just people who love to go, Kobe's not even top 10. Tim Duncan's, but, you know, those people just like yeah. go off about that stuff. And so I think it was just another, you know, Kobe hate thing. Yeah, like, I think the GOAT discussion has become, like, so, like, analytical that it's become, like, very annoying to see. Like, I don't know, in my opinion, like, basketball is, like, art. Like, just like in music, like, hip-hop, like, if you go to, like, the GOATs, it's all in, like, your personal biases and, like, what era you saw and things like that. But then, like, now it's become, like, the hipster thing. Like, if you're like, hey, Kobe's, like, in my top five. Oh, my God, like... How can you have him in your top five, you know? And, like, people bring up, like, field goal percentage or true shooting percentage. Like, I think that's just, like, low-hanging fruit. Like, there's cultural influences, play style, mindsets, things that, like, he affected that. I feel like, you don't, you can't, like, just throw that away in those discussions, you know? Like, yeah. he's right to put himself in there. The biggest thing you said was the different eras. It's so hard to compare the different eras. It's right. impossible. There's just so many different play styles so that you never know if someone could have adapted or not or... You know, it's just impossible. There's different goats in different eras. I really like that hip hop comparison too, because it is—it's sub- like the goat is subjective. It's a subjective right. thing. I, like just like 
my favorite hip hop artists, my favorite rappers, like when I listen to their music, I get a feel, and it's that feel that I use to define like how good they exactly. are. Exactly. And the feel I got watching Kobe was that he could do everything, and that matters to me. I don't care what he ranks all time in true shooting percentage. That's not <laughs> that's not how I value my players. It's it's a bunch of like recency bias too. Like as a guy who like fell in love with basketball in '07, I watched like the last five years of his like real prime. He tore his Achilles in '13, right? So to me, like our last six years, 2007 to 13 was like his prime, and like that was like the real Kobe, but everyone has that, like, when he was teammates with D'Angelo Russell and taking 30 shots, you know, but, like, to me, his career ended before that, so. Exactly. Um, younger younger people are watching, watch the, the older Kobe, the post-Achilles Kobe, so they think of him as that, and it's like, yeah. no, that's not, trust me, that's not Kobe. <laughs> Don't watch that and think, people think that's the GOAT? No. And then also, I one thing that triggers me is when people talk about, see, Westbrook having a bad game or a bad shooting percentage, and people are like, that's exactly what Kobe did. And I'm just like, you, yeah. That's ignorant. What a rings that then? What a rings that then? Um, <laughs> two, two, more, two more points on that. Um, first, I, I don't, like you said, Ali, I don't know what Kobe's supposed to say other than that, but also, it's Kobe, like, if it had been, like, I don't know, some superstar who was, like, known for being humble, like, if it had been, like, Kareem answering the question, okay, but but this is Kobe. This is his whole persona. <laughs> this is literally what he bases his business off of, is, it's, like, the Mamba mentality. Yeah. You you were, you couldn't expect anything other than, than what he said. Not, not just right. that. If, let's just say Kobe said he was second, okay? People, let's just say he said MJ, Kobe, uh, LeBron. LeBron... People would have been like, LeBron's way better than you. If he, if he would have said he's third, people would have said he's not even top three. Why is he even on? <laughs> any answer, any answer he would have given would have caused a stir up. So I think he was just. I think he knew that too. His hesitation to answer the question was complete BS. He knew what he wanted to say. Um, yeah. But I, I think any answer he could have given was just gonna be a problem already with people yeah. on social media. Yeah, but I feel like Jordan gets away with like Jordan. They could have been like, "Hey, Jordan, who's your top three? He'd be like, "Jordan, Jordan, Jordan." They're like, "Oh my god, what a winner!" You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. People have been like, but, "This is why he's the goat because he put himself up." Mm-hmm. In a similar way, though, that would have also fit Jordan's persona. So I feel like exactly. Um, also, I, I I didn't see the video before I like heard about the conversation, so I was like. I was like, what's the matter with eating cow tongue? Like, are you kidding me? Like, why is this even a thing? And then I saw that it wasn't, like, cooked or, like, it was just, like, a boiled giant cow tongue. It wasn't, like, you know, made, like, like, lingua tacos, like, I'm all in for, but I can't just be biting a cow tongue, so I understand the hesitation. It looked like they cut off the tongue, Yeah. wiped off the blood, put it in the freezer for about a solid five hours and handed it to him. And we're like, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, it did not look edible. No. No. When I, Rick, when I tweeted at you and said, just smother ketchup all over and then I'll eat it, I was kidding. First off, ketchup is very good and I eat, and I put a ton of ketchup on my like chicken nuggets and stuff like that. Yeah, and I put ketchup on pizza, stuff like that. I'm not on pizza? Listen, what a topic for ready? another day. Topic for another day. Bro, you got me out here like Soldier Boy. Pizza? <laughs> ketchup? Do you, do you put it on your spaghetti? Bro, it's no. tomato sauce on spaghetti. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you- and, yeah, exactly. You're just adding more. No, you're adding no. sugar. You're adding high high fructose syrup? Say it again. High fructose corn syrup. I don't mess with none of that HFCS. 
listen, man. I it's good, all right. I don't eat chicken nuggets with ketchup. I eat ketchup with chicken nuggets, all right. Bro, <laughs> oh man, we're getting off this topic. Okay. Um, right, now I want ketchup. Yeah, go go buy a cow tongue, dip it in ketchup, and get back at the forum. Okay. Yo. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Sounds good. All right, so we're gonna move from goofy to <laughs> as serious as possible. Just that's that's a bit of an exaggeration, but um, we will discuss Dave McMiniman's piece where he just absolutely just dressed down the entire Lakers front office and the process that led to this failed year. Raj, do you mind taking the lead on this because I know you have some passionate thoughts. Yeah, so he basically like took a on the front office and then like <laughs> wiped it with LeBron's uh, quotes. Like it's basically what it was. Um, There's like some really, it's kind of interesting because the way that McMenamin like put it, obviously he's like shout out to him. He's like a great writer, but he put it like each date almost of what happened, and it was like funny. There's a bunch of like really funny things like Lance Stevenson got technical for doing his first air guitar, but the Lakers won by like 28. That kind of became like a staple through it. There's one funny stat here that, like, Brooke Lopez um, hit, like, 181 threes. Caldwell Pope led the Lakers with 127, which is pretty, pretty insane. Um, yeah, it was just a bunch of, like, pretty much LeBron telling the front office, you're not doing this again. That's basically what this article was. Here's my thing, though. Didn't, I feel like LeBron helped build this roster. I don't think it was the front office just getting guys and then LeBron not saying yes to them. Am I, I th- wrong in thinking that? I have my doubts mm-hmm. that have progressed. I, I've grown more doubtful that LeBron had as much of a hand as I thought over the course of time, not just because the season didn't go as well, but I feel like, I mean, Magic even said it himself, right? He said, like, I watched the playoffs and we built the team to win in the playoffs I feel like he watched that press conference where LeBron said, we need more playmakers in Cleveland, and just like said, all right, we're going to do this. Um, and also, and you know, like even if LeBron, you know, even if Magic brought the roster additions to LeBron and LeBron signed off on them, like, I don't care. It's not LeBron's yeah. job. Oh, oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not putting blame on LeBron. Oh, no, of course. Yeah. But, but I, like, if you're if you're right, that's the point. It's like, yeah, Magic, you should be building, you and Rob should be building a roster that demonstrates a team, a cohesive team unit that builds to the strengths of our coaches and our best players, not asking LeBron who he'd feel comfortable playing with. Yeah. Right. I, I think there's like a difference between like getting someone's input and getting someone's approval. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's like, and that's what I fear too about this summer. Like, LeBron can have an input, and it doesn't matter. That's not his job. So, like, he'll never take the blame for it. It won't be his fault. So it's on them, you know, and you can't go seeking his approval this summer or else you'll end up doing the same thing. You'll sign guys like Rondo and things like that. So I think that's where it is. You will never know how much input LeBron had. He'll never be like, oh, yeah, I told them to go sign Rondo. You know what I mean? Like, that's that'll never actually come out. So I think you guys hit around the head. He'll. It's not his job to do that. I never want to blame LeBron, and I've been a big LeBron fan for a while, so people that I know would, would sort of like make fun of the Cavs uh, roster construction and you know in, in other years, saying like, mm-hmm. oh well it's lay GM, like this is what this is what LeBron wanted, obviously. 
And I would always say, like, this isn't... I'm not going to blame LeBron for the Cavs front office, like, not feeling comfortable enough or not feeling confident enough in their own strategy that they feel the need to, uh, you know, put LeBron's desires above their responsibility as a front office. And if I felt that way about the Cavs, I'm going to say the same thing about the Lakers. Like, I understand that he's a very very powerful personality and he's very uh, opinionated. But it's it's his job to play basketball. It's other people's jobs to put a roster together. Everyone has to do their job. Agreed. Hundred percent. Like I'm not if 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 I if I had a child and I paid a babysitter to like watch my child and and you know the babysitter let the child cook its own dinner, so I come home and there's flour all over the kitchen and the burners are on and there's my house smells like gas. I'm not gonna like go up to my daughter and be like, what the hell. Like, no, I'm going to talk to the babysitter. It's the babysitter's fault. I like, That's that, true. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Thanks. I, I really did come up with that on the fly, so I was hoping it came together. <laughs> when he started, I was like, all right, where is this going to go? But it ended well. I like that. Uh, I was going to say, just to, like, kind of piece out this article. So, the ending, you guys read the end of this article, right? The little raspberry sound? Yeah. That, yeah. That I guess LeBron made. First off, how, how do they come to that? conclusion that that was how they spelled that so i feel like lebron could have signed this with his initials like like just the way this quote came out it said uh james stared out onto the court for a moment turned his attention back to the conversation pursed his lips and stuck out his tongue as he trumpeted air out of his mouth making a raspberry sound that sounds like something like clutch was like hey that sounds (laughs) great you know (laughs) Uh, after signing a four-year, $153 million yeah. contract. <laughs> that should have been in the press release. Yeah. yeah. They probably sent the whole article. that It didn't include that ending. And then they sent it back to Dave and was like, just put this at the end, too. That gives it a nice little cap on it. There was a... Well, there were a couple things that sort of stood out to me. The The Memphis meeting, um, where, where the players sort of called out LeBron yeah. on the, his body language. Now, that's an interesting conversation. I also, I don't want to be too skeptical here. I would love to like, I, I need to go back and watch that game that lost to the Grizzlies to see exactly how engaged LeBron was with his teammates. Because it just seems, it seems very out of character for players to air their grievances to LeBron and be like, hey, you're doing a bunch of stuff wrong. And for LeBron to immediately, <laughs> immediately be like, y'all, you know what? You're right, guys. That's, My bad. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is like when they were getting ready to air that out to LeBron, Le- I would have been nervous as hell because LeBron could have take that, taken that so poorly. He could have been like, are you kidding me? Are you really telling me this after this season that we're having? But I like that's why I was like the way that they described that he was totally acceptable and he agreed and he's like I got to do better at that or I'm trying to be better at that that was that was pretty big of not only them to bring that up to LeBron but for him to also accept that yeah I thought it was interesting in the article like they mentioned a lot like the difference in age between LeBron and like Mm -hmm. you know the core and you don't really even think about that but like I, when you read it, like they said, like LeBron's kind of closer. His son's age is kind of closer to them, so his son is like teaching them the cultural things. I think that's like really fascinating. You know, LeBron's like, what am I gonna like 
chill with these kids and talk about, you know, like, we just, we have to play basketball, and it's like, and they're saying, oh, it's not the same as, like, when you had Wade or Bosch in Miami and things like that. Yeah, because I feel like the one person he picks on a lot is Mo Wagner. Could you imagine Mo Wagner, like, every time down the floor, LeBron is just going, or, or, like, rolling his <laughs> eyes at you after every little mistake, and you're a rookie, so you're like, what, come on, man, give me a break, please. Remember when, because I think the, the thing that, what, what, I do really want to see the Memphis game. What game was it where Mo made the pass? Like, a good pass to Josh Hart. Oh, yeah. And LeBron got upset that he didn't give it to him. It was a game where LeBron passed MJ. Was that Milwaukee or no? I can't remember who they were playing. I feel like we won that game, I remember. And I think it was Milwaukee. No, I, I don't think we won that game. Oh, we didn't? Okay. No. But, but, yeah, he won it a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I remember that. And so that would, I think he was, I can't remember how many points they were, I, for, I told him, I think he was four points away during that time, so that would have been like a big highlight. Oh, okay. Maybe, but yeah, that's why I, he got upset, and I was like, why Why were you upset at that? Part of the reason I love that that story in the article is that the the off day in Memphis where they had the meeting was oh. February 24th. So I could totally see, like, Kuzma being like, well, he can't trade us anymore. Let's go at this man. And LeBron and LeBron just being like, well, I mean, we're not going to trade him, so let's just, like, let's let's build these bridges back together. Um, yeah. Maybe that's why Kuz and LeBron are having more wine nights. They agree to it. They're like, all right, you know what? You're right. We need to calm it down. We'll have wine together. I saw a LeBron Instagram story maybe last game that uh, – or, like, after last game that they were together having wine. <laughs> right. So do you remember, like, in that story, right before the they said that Memphis thing, like, it said that Rondo and I think Chandler were the only ones not affected by the trade rumors? Yeah. Did you, did you see that part? Yeah. I, just, I don't agree with that, I don't think. Like, I felt like it affected the whole team, you know? And then that's where, like, the Memphis thing came up for. Oh, so. yeah. I could, but I could see it, like, affecting them way less than the right. younger guys. Because... I mean, Rondo's name did. Tyson Chandler's not getting traded, but um, <laughs> Rondo. Uh, I feel like if he saw his name, it's just like meh, whatever. But um, with the younger guys, it does hit harder, and I understand why it would hit harder because they've never even experienced that. They've been told like they're part of the future and everything, and then they Rondo has not been told. I mean, well, to be seen. Rondo's been told that. I mean, not the young guys haven't told they're part of the future. Rondo, I'm sure, hasn't been told he's part of the future or has been praised like that so yeah and final thing on that um he put like the free agency signings you know uh when they like the dates they happened i didn't realize so we lost brooke lopez i believe um on july 8th he signed a one-year 3.3 million deal how does that like not set the market like how does land side two two days later for 4.4 i'm not i'm kind of confused like seeing the timelines on this you know and then, ja- yeah, and then JaVale signed for, like, 2.4, but, like, that's very weird. I would think, like, Brooke Lopez would kind of set the market there, but... It's because uh, Brooke Lopez isn't a playmaker, and Lance Stevenson is. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, says that with complete anger behind the breath. <laughs> I also just want to, not to, like, beat a dead horse, but I also want to just... The, the line about... And I just want to quote the line um, verbatim. It just seemed so unnecessary. Sources said those at the dinner table shared a hearty laugh. 
at the Lakers' expense uh-huh. uh, in reference to the Clippers after the Zubas trade. The phrase hearty laugh at the Lakers' expense <laughs> made me want to punch a glass window. I Like, ugh. I totally pictured Jerry West laughing in that situation, like when I read that line. Like, I just can see him, like, oh my god, what are they, what are they thinking? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're thinking that every day, too. Because, they, can you imagine Jerry West just sitting there and getting called and being like, we will give you Zubok for Mike Muscala. <laughs> and Jerry going, for real? You, you do that for us? Raj, I think it was you who said this, so apologies if I'm, like, copying you. But, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I'm imagining, like, Rob or, or so, so Rob or Magic had somebody call the Clippers front office. And it was right. just, like, the administrative assistant was there. And was just like, hello, Clippers front office. And <laughs> and somebody was like, yeah, we want to trade you guys um, Zubots and Beasley for Muscala. And the administrative assistant, who has, like, no power to, like, execute trades, was like, yeah, 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 we'll do that. Yeah, I'll just let them know when they come back from lunch. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's just call the league right now get that in. <laughs> they could have leaked that first, you know, just, like, to see how that felt. Like on Twitter, just like yeah. leak it a little bit. Like, hey, we're thinking of offering this, and just watch the reaction, and then be like, oh, never mind. They've let's do- let's not do that. They've been doing that with coaches and stuff. Why couldn't they have just tried it? Then maybe that's their <laughs> maybe that was their test on me. They 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 did that trade, and then they realized it. So they're like, oh crap, we should like test out uh, what the fans think. So now they're doing coaches slowly, slowly. Now players, there's Jimmy Butler out there. <laughs> they're just testing people to see what they think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, this is something else, uh, another point, uh, probably my last point, um, that, that I had from the article. It, and, and this is also beating a dead horse, but at this point, it's really just like punching a glue bottle. Like the, the direct contrast between February 9th, Magic Johnson. Hey. <laughs> That's exactly what <laughs> I was thinking. Um, sorry. So I, I have a, I have a Galaxy Note 10. Um, but I have an iPhone for work, so I, I don't, I, but, and I just got that phone like a year ago and I've been galaxy all the way through. So the, when I first had the phone ring, my, my work phone ring, I immediately just like thought about ugly God. Do you know the rapper ugly God? Yeah. 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 He has a song that I cannot say on the podcast that uses the iPhone ringtone as the beat. And every time I hear the iPhone ringtone, I just start singing the Ugly God song. And it's very hard to recover from that. Um, anyway, so there's the direct contrast between February 9th, Magic Johnson says that he's going to hug the young guys and tell them that we, we got to come together. And there's the February 10th, Magic Johnson telling the media to stop treating the players like babies. Uh, and then talking about Ben Simmons, and then the Lakers <laughs> losing by twenty three, <laughs> and it's it is just like I I lived through that, so I remember it. But seeing it in black and white like that, I was just like, no, that was the, that was the point where the season just like ended. And then he he finishes that sentence by saying, "All the momentum from that Rondo game winner just like died." <laughs> Like, man, Dave, why why you got to do us like this, Dave? That, and that came out, like, I wish he would have put that out a little later in the day. That was right in the morning, too. So you just woke <laughs> up to that. You had your cup of coffee reading that, and we're like, yep, f*** this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it, the, the one thing, sorry I lied, that wasn't my last thing. The one thing, too, that um, sort of got, uh, sort of, like, st- grinded my gears a bit. Um, and I feel like the past tense of grinded should be ground. I don't know. Anyway, um, he talks about Paul George, which I, like, hate hearing about to this day. But then he mentioned that Corey Brewer was waived by L.A. in February of 1718. And then he said that sources said Corey Brewer discussed his experience as a Laker with Paul George. And man, if I ever wanted to blow a car up, <laughs> that would be the moment. Um, because on, Only because we've seen over the past two seasons the way that Magic and Rob treat the one-year deal guys? The the, the quote-unquote expendable players, right? Very Daryl right. Morey-esque. Very Sam Hinkie-esque. Not Daryl Morey. They're assets or they're not. And right. you've, you've seen Andrew Bogut come out and say it's, how they should. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. And it, it's for, for Corey Brewer to be a part of that, like, super intense uh, OKC season and that, right. that super intense relationship building that Paul George and Russell Westbrook was, were having, and the way that Sam Presti was basically dedicating the future of his franchise to that partnership, and to have Corey Brewer come in in February and be like, oh yeah, it's real fucked up over there. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I understand now why Paul George was like, I don't even want to be conflicted. I don't even want to take a meeting. I just want to party with Russell Westbrook and Nas in Oklahoma City. <laughs> With all this corn and just like lock it down, like I understand it now. Uh, I remember I saw a tweet and I and it was from a Celtic fan. I believe. I should have been. I guessing, and it said because a lot of us destroyed the Celtics when Anthony Davis' dad came out and talked about um, that how they treated how they treated uh, Isaiah. Isaiah Thomas, and that's mm. why Anthony Davis would want to go there. So he quote he quoted uh, that tweet and then right above it put out Julius Randle, D'Lo. Um, Andrew Bogut, Corey Brewer, all talking crap about the Lakers. No one wants to go there either. And I was just like, oh, damn. <laughs> do, do you remember when that trade happened, the Corey Brewer? Um, I thought it was a good thing. Like, I thought he was going to go and, like, like, tell them all the positive things that was happening, like, in L.A. Yeah. Like, he played, like, 50 games for us. Like, I thought he had a good time. Like, we played him, like, 13 minutes a game. Yeah. Like, he... The one thing I will always remember Corey Brewer by is his ability to just shut down Devin Booker. Oh, yeah. That was always... Oh, so yeah. That's, that I was, forgot about that. And he gets so angry, too. <laughs> Imagine just getting shut down by Corey Brewer, and you just see Corey Brewer smiling at you. It's just that I'm Devin Booker gets... And he gets so mad so easily. I, I just I have to say this while we're on the subject of Corey Brewer because we all know it's true. Corey Brewer plays basketball like someone who'd never had caffeine <laughs> in their life, but then just like downed a black eye, like a, a, a coffee with two espresso shots in it right before the game. Yep. And I that was that I just loved that about him. Real quick because it, it's related to that point. One thing I didn't realize, and I probably should have, um, was that in that in that conversation about Corey Brewer. Dave mentioned that I'm saying I'm calling him Dave like I know him. Dave mentioned <laughs> that Aaron Mintz represented D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle, but what I didn't realize was that Jeff Schwartz of Excel mm-hmm. was Brandon's Brandon Ingram's agent and Tyson Chandler, and then Joe Branch from Rock Nation was Mo and Josh. I did not realize the the sort of 
agency powerhouse that that the Lakers are building with this roster. And it's I don't, I don't want to say it's concerning because I don't you know I'm, I've never been in the front office. I'm not Amin Al Hassan. You know I, I don't I don't know how those dynamics work. But that seems a little dangerous. Yeah. Well, we thought it would help, like because since Aaron Mintz had I believe. PG and then D'Lo and Randall. We thought like all three. You know he's gonna want all three on the Lakers and actually worked against us. He wanted all of them out of there once they, once he once he traded D'Lo. I remember using that as a big point. I was like, he's gonna yeah. want them all to play together. And then D'Lo got traded. And I was like, ah, well, I mean, he still would want to come. And then Julius just got yeah. That was just bad, bad. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, a bad situation entirely. I'll definitely yeah. say that. <laughs> Shout out Corey Brew, though. He's one of like the few NBA players I actually met in person. It was in Las Vegas in a Louis Vuitton store. Uh, random. I wasn't buying anything. I just saw him in there and was like... The woman in there, I, I asked the woman in there, can you take a picture? And she was like, uh, okay. The kind of woman working in the Louis Vuitton store. Uh, <laughs> random. <laughs> I know you was flexing like that on this Raj. Yeah, damn. Nah, I just I just ran in there. Oh my god, it's Corey Brewer. So I was like, let me just get a picture. <laughs> Did you come in here to say hi to me? Now nah, I'm getting these glasses. <laughs> Thirty minutes later, ma'am, I'd like to return these glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you're looking at stuff and going like, hey, are, you're Corey Brewer, and like as you're holding a Louis Vuitton belt. <laughs> <laughs> no free promo. Oh, yeah, yeah, damn. <laughs> Damn! Every time! <laughs> like Louis Vuitton needs our promo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they want to send a belt to Jersey, I'm all for it. Um, also, real quick, one thing I forgot about was the PG to LA billboards that uh, oh, Jacob man. and Ronnie put up. I, I just... forget any billboard we put up of any player. Yeah, that is, well, I've already forgotten one, and we're not going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but I forgot that, and I just, I love that passion. Uh, so Jacob and Ronnie, if you hear this, when I end up going to law school in LA, let, let a boy get an associateship in the summer. You know what I'm saying? We could put, I'll put up your billboards. It's nothing but love. Um, <laughs> can't wait for the Anthony Davis billboards. <laughs> you, you, you got me sad by saying that. <laughs> Thinking about how are that's we getting, play out. Are we getting Kawhi ones this summer? Is that what that means? That's what we should do. <laughs> what face yeah. of, uh, is he going to put a Kawhi just a dead, like, uh, uh, uh straight face of Kawhi and just like Kawhi to LA and just him just looking angry. I, I will say this and uh, and after this I'll I'll give it up to you guys if you want to talk about anything else in the article. Um it would just be the strong armist of flexes for the Lakers after all this mess, after all these think pieces about how terrible the front office is, to just like sign Kawhi and like <laughs> Just go to the finals and win a chip. It, it, like I feel like it would be. There's nothing you could say anymore. There's nothing you could say. Now, granted, I would not want Magic and Rob to handle the next iteration of the Lakers team <laughs> the way that they handle this one. But I just I would love for that to happen. Just to be like, you know what? At the end of the day, nothing matters because the Lakers just win chips. <laughs> I just want to ask this quick question. Uh, we can go over this one quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious what you guys think because I asked this on Twitter and I, I I was actually intrigued by this question. If you could, would you rather have um, you'd sign Kemba to Max this summer and you trade every young core for Anthony Davis with the pick? Okay, if you had to do that, or not every, you could keep one. Or would you um, 
would you instead keep all the young core and the picks and then sign Kemba? I would do the latter. Okay. I would also do the latter. I think it's more. I think that former team like has the chance to be better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like I'm more invested into this team. You know, like that team wouldn't get my same. I'll still obviously root, but that team wouldn't get my same. Like, I don't know. Not yeah. attention is not the right word, but like my my answer to that was um, I agree with you guys. I would rather do that one. Um, the only way I would not I would choose the other was if you switched Kemba with someone like Kawhi or KD. I okay. think then I do the other trade or the other deal, but I'm the other one. It's no question to me. I'd rather have a young core in the pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I, not to to steal a, a phrase from Laker film room. Like I just don't know how happy I'm going to be rooting for the merry minimums. Like, yeah, if, yeah. if it's yeah. if it's going to be Anthony Davis, Kawhi, LeBron, and then like Dwayne Dedman, Jared Dudley, <laughs> Jamal Crawford. Yeah. Like Shabazz Napier, I'm like, yo, this is I don't I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, I agree. But I, I think there's so much as a young core that it's like just watching them with other teams would be rough. But I still I for some like if I, if I had if I heard that I would have Anthony Davis, LeBron, and Kawhi or KD, it just sounds like a complete powerhouse. And then you have two younger guys who can like dominate for longer too with it. Right. Yeah. But who knows how the FO can surround that team. They I mean, bring back Rondo and Stevenson and say, let's do this again. That's what I was going to say. I mean, we know Rondo and Lance are going to be, and we'll have KCP's bird rights finally, so, you know. All, all these veterans playing great near the end has me thinking, they're bringing them back. No, they're going to bring them back. No, I'm sorry. I just, I feel it. Like, I feel like, you know, with all these stuff coming out, you just feel like there's a strong possibility. And it, I hate it. I hate it so much. I, the only person I'm comfortable with bringing back for sure out of, like, the one-year contracts is JaVale. And not yeah. even, like, as a starter. Like, I would want him off the bench, but his play, I truly believe what he was dealing with, like, with pneumonia was just right. actually a legit thing. Yeah, I was going to ask that question, so I'll ask you, Raj. If you, could, if, you could, if you could only bring back one vet from the team, who would it be? I'd bring back Reggie Bullock. I believe. Like, that would be, like, I my vet. Not. I did not add that. Even, that yeah. even though he hasn't like played well, I just feel like he's like a like a playoff type of player. You know, like I would I would try to bring him back. Javel, I would make sense, but I I just feel like he's I know what he is, but he's like a third string big, and I don't really have like the confidence in the front office to sign like two other like good bigs. You know what I mean? So like I'd rather them focus on just getting two good bigs instead of like having Javel as their emergency big, and then him turn into like. He needs to be the starter again. You think you think JaVale's a third string big? I think like on a good team he is. You know what I mean? Like fifteen minutes a game. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah. Or that's second string, I guess. Yeah. Would you rather have Ennis Cantor or JaVale McGee starting for your Lakers in 2019-2020? JaVale McGee. Give me JaVale McGee each time. Oh god. I think it's JaVale still. <laughs> Give me JaVale McGee each time. So I'm just I'm I'm doing this because I'm looking at the, the centers who are free agents. Would you rather have Amir Johnson or JaVale McGee? JaVale McGee. Okay. Ooh. I'm not sure. Not Has sure on him. This year? He, he's playing, yeah. he's playing a little bit more now. Uh, okay. I'd rather, I, would you rather have Dwayne Dedman or JaVale McGee? I'd rather have Dedman for his shooting, but I think it's closer than, uh, don't watch too many Hawks games. Is he on the Hawks now? 
He is, right? Dwayne yes. Dedman? Yes, yeah. he's on the yeah. Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I, I think the point I'm trying to make is that I don't necessarily, like, I think JaVale was dealing with something, and I think it obviously adversely affected his play to a degree that was unforeseen. But yeah, I right. think the gap between JaVale and next available center is a lo- is much smaller than, right. you know, the impact of bringing in a new guy would have. Plus, I'm in the draft bowl bowl camp anyway, so I feel like, you know, <laughs> play bowl bowl, second, third string, let JaVale and Mary minimum center number two fill in minutes, and let's just go center by committee because it's obvious that Magic and Rob don't want to invest in a center anyway, so. It seems like a lonely island. I don't see anybody else on there. Your your point about the centers makes me actually worried that JaVale's going to get offered something bigger by other teams because of the free the center pool uh this summer. Yeah, I mean, like, unless you're stealing Boban away, unless you're, like, shelling out money for Nick Vucevic or you're giving DeMarcus Cousins a multi-year deal, there's just not a lot. Like, Kyle O'Quinn is going to be one of the main centers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, not, and no disrespect because he's a solid player, but, like, there's not a lot of talent on the board. Yeah, like, every name you've every name you've listed, um, besides maybe um, Deadman, JaVale's, to me, is easily the pick over them. The only one is Robin Lopez, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be a great guy. I take I mean, Robin Lopez over Javale for sure, or Brooke. Why not? Let's just yeah. <laughs> let's, let's just run this let's back. Sign Brooke, D'Lo, and Julius this summer. <laughs> I would be so happy. I <laughs> <laughs> would be ecstatic. That would you understand? I I would be so happy. Like I know we wouldn't be getting those max players, but I'd be like. Magic, you can stay. You don't have to complete that promise anymore. This is better. <laughs> LeBron would probably be pissed, LeBron but you know be, what? LeBron be like, what the hell are you guys doing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, trade me. Trade me now. <laughs> I should have just signed with the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Space Jam 2 would have a scene what? of LeBron running up the steps to the Rocky statue. <laughs> <laughs> but in all honesty, let's just say that happened. I, let's just not think about it too much because it won't. And I know they're not going to bring back one of those people next year. But um, if that happened, like I would get the dream lineup I've wanted of Lonzo, D'Lo, Ingram, uh, LeBron. Or like you can even put Kuzma or Randall. Like you can switch between Kuzma and Randall, but you just get that small lineup, that death lineup. Yeah. And LeBron's gonna have to play some five, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> in a death lineup, it, it can never be Kuz and it can never be Ingram. Right. Like, or Jonathan Williams. Let's bring him back. Yeah, I, dude, I love the way Jonathan Williams can defend guards. Like, he hasn't showcased it really here that all that much, but in the G League, he would just be able to stay right in front of guards. It was fun to watch. He's been good, right? Like as a five, like yeah. in these last few games, like he's yeah. playing well. Like, yeah. And like he's only gonna improve with his body and everything because he still he still needs to improve on his strength, but he's just gonna get better. Yeah. So and we signed him right, and then like we played, we got Tyson Chandler around the same time, and then we just forgot about him. We just sent him to the G League and just let him like play there, which is weird. I, I, <laughs> I yeah, I forgot. We just discussed a whole bunch of center options for next year without even <laughs> discussing Mo Wagner at all. <laughs> Well, I mean, I no, I I love Mo, but he uh, he still. I mean, he this will be his first summer where he actually can work on his game. So I think I still think we're going to see a much improved Mo next year. I just I've Ooh. never been. I mean, I could be totally wrong. I've just never been really high on Mo. 
you guys think he's a four or a five? I, I, I'm not really sure when I watch him. So that's the problem, right? I yeah. I think we. I think that gets answered next year. I because I can't answer that too well either. I think that gets answered next year when we see his like not complete game, but where he actually works on his game and works on his body, and you see <laughs> how he does with a full summer. But he's not like a young rookie, though. You know what I mean? Like his body's kind of. I mean, it's not all the way filled out, but like yeah. it's. Because he uh, he is a lot of trouble defending other centers, like right. who, like bang in the post. Yeah, because he just gets destroyed. You could see yeah. that in the G League too. Yeah, and I'm not about to sit tries, here. You know? Yeah, I mean that helps, but I'm also not about to sit here and call him switchable by by any stretch of the imagination right. either. Yeah, yeah well, he has gone a bit. He's gone a bit quicker. <laughs> I think it, like you said, Ali, I think it depends heavily on how much he works on his body this summer and now that he has the ability to, but yeah, I mean. It's crazy how depressing this center conversation is. <laughs> like, yeah. There's very little positivity in there. Oh, I just realized there's a center that is, will be available this summer that we none of us mentioned. Who? Muscala. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why that was unexpected. Completely taken off guard. <laughs> yeah, the, the little Muscala stat in uh, the <laughs> Dave McMinimus story was amazing. Yo, Just like, he, oh, by the way, he's two for 11 from three. Hey, he played, he shot pretty well with the G League guys uh, last game. Just to talk really quickly about the last game. He shot pretty damn well with them. Yeah, he did. Uh, he hit like a few threes, I think. Yeah. God, Caruso was so good that game. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, Muscala went two for six, so that was his, like, great <laughs> three-point game. It was two for uh, six, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally got prime Muscala. He shot pretty well, but <laughs> I saw him hit two threes and got really excited. Damn. <laughs> oh, man. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of the South Bay guys, um, Jamario Jones signed for the rest of the season. Did I make that up? I made that up. He got signed for two years. On the second year as a team... Uh, team um, Mm-hmm. Uh, team option. Oh, okay. I, I missed that somehow. Um, you, it, was you, a, it was a shams bomb. I never thought I'd see Jamario Jones' name in a shams tweet, and it made me so happy. <laughs> you, you, both of you guys have seen him in person, right? So you guys can offer mm-hmm. a little bit more, uh, a little bit more analysis than me first, seeing him up close. First off, I want to say this with Raj when he came to the game, I just <laughs> kept saying how excited I was for him to watch Jamario in person and all that. Jamario had his worst half of the season. <laughs> that was bad. Half. It was so bad. And I remember I saw Raj at halftime. I was like, listen, man, he's usually not playing like that. That was just, I haven't seen him play like that since he first came to this team. So it was, it was really rough. But then that second half, he balled out completely. And it was because it was, just, he like, that was the game where Machado got called up. So he was the legit point guard of the team. Uh, there was no other creators, so he was the only one. So I think he was getting used to it. Um, mm-hmm. And then the second half, he balled out. But yeah, you go he's, ahead, He still didn't start that game, if I no. remember correctly. Yeah, yeah but his, his like motor and athleticism really shines out. It's just like, it's so different. You watch that guy, and then you watch like the Laker game. You just It's a different level of energy and like intensity. The guy who cares, like it was really cool to watch. That's- and. That's so. In his interview, he was saying how he believes like he brings um, he brings joy to the game. I believe he said that uh, where he like makes other people smile, and it's so mm-hmm. true. You see it at timeouts and everything. He'll like be making his teammates crack up. He'll he'll even make the opposing bench crack up. He loves talking to the opposing team too, like nonstop. He's just 
he's that guy that even if you have a crappy team, you're gonna and really enjoy watching this guy. There's something about him that you just love watching. He just plays with so much effort. It's like I'm not saying he's Lonzo, but it's like kind of like watching Lonzo play. How he makes the game enjoyable, even mm-hmm. when there's so many injuries or there's things going wrong. Just seeing him makes it more fun, and that's what Jamario brings. And that's why I was so excited for him to come to the team because I think fans who haven't seen him are gonna—he's gonna be an, uh, an immediate fan favorite. Now he didn't play much last game, but once they get to see him, and just this way that people have reacted to seeing Caruso try hard, like this guy is just gonna. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different story. I mean, not a whole different story because Crusoe's right there, but he's just—he's really fun to watch. And I'm so—I just need him to get more minutes. Sorry, my 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 rant's over. My- <laughs> that was good. And I think like rebounding is something that translates um, yeah. pretty much on any level. A guy at six five, averaging nine and a half rebounds, is pretty insane. I don't care what level of uh, basketball it is. So yeah, I think I think he's gonna be good. Yeah, there's he's. Six five, and I think there was an interview where Kobe Carl said he he's now two ten. He was he's, he was first in the beginning of the season one seventy. I know I personally don't think he's two ten, but um, <laughs> I I think that's what he said. But um, I could be wrong. But he, the guys who are all above him in the in the leader because he was fifth, I believe, in a rebound mm-hmm. per game in the G League. Mm-hmm. He the the other guys way way more are way taller. Everything, and it's just. Every shot that goes up on the offensive end, he's just going right after it. And he finds a way to get by people. It's just, it's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious if, I, I don't know what the team option is for, but I'm curious if you guys have think there's any chance that it gets picked up for the second year with the Lakers uh, contract situation. So I saw an Eric Pincus tweet, and I'm right now going after it because he like detailed it. So here's a tweet by Eric Pinkus, or at Eric Pinkus. So he quote tweeted uh, Sham's tweet where they signed him. He said, I've been, uh, Jones could pan out and stick, or he can be traded in three months if opted in. If you look at the date, three months time to start of July. Uh, technically with the mort- moratorium, can't be dealt till July 6th. As a minimum signing, Jones will be at one million for some, some big number in salary for 2019 to 20. This time of year, all teams with roster spots should be calling up players on two-year deal. Okay, that's just different. But yeah, that's what he said about it. Interesting. Uh, uh, that makes sense. He's he's going to be in Vegas, right? Yeah. You, oh, for sure. For he's sure. going to be playing? Okay. Yeah. That's pretty sure. That's, that's what makes me worried. When I saw him talking about possibility of being traded, I was like, don't do that. Don't do that to me. <laughs> he's, because I've had two. My first son, uh, it, it was really uh, Pete's son, is Svi. So, like, my first official South Bay son it wasn't really Bonga. It was Jamario Jones. Like Jamario was like how I uh, reacted to D'Lo when he was playing for the Lakers. So <laughs> he's like my first. So like if he if he gets traded, I'd be very sad. And he gives you Nawaba vibes, right? Yeah, when you see exactly. like it's yeah. very very similar to that. He's not as strong as Nawaba, uh, mm-hmm. so he can't like attack the basket as well as Nawaba, but. He's, he, he provides that same type of energy, and he provides and he moves uh, without the basketball as much as Nuwaba did. Right. Yeah. But he rebounds way better than Nuwaba did. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. When you read that tweet in my head, all I was thinking was, oh, he's going to get aggregated in a trade. So I feel bad. I don't like speculating on people's livelihoods uh, flippantly, but that's what it sounded like. No. Yeah. That's what. That's. That's. Yeah. 
That's why I really uh, that should not happen because I've been I've been thinking I was like should I save up on a Jamario Jones jersey? But if he's not here <laughs> in the long haul, that might hurt. Honestly, I think I'm going to have Laker jerseys of all of the players I miss just to like mm-hmm. add them to my collection. Like. I'm gonna get a D'Lo Nets jersey. I'm sorry, but I'm probably also gonna get oh, a D'Lo I'm, Lakers jersey. I'm doing. I'm doing that too. No, okay. I'm, I'm sure I'm getting his Brooklyn one. And and the one where uh, what's their what's their city one this year? The one with the Brooklyn Bridge on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fire. Yeah. When he got traded, I bought like a Brooklyn hat. I remember. I was like, I gotta get something. <laughs> I just went out and got like a Brooklyn Nets hat. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna get to go to playoff games and see him play this year. Hopefully, like that's gonna be amazing. Oh wow. It's gonna be amazing. That's cool. That is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, if, if they make the playoffs, I'm gonna get a D-Lo jersey from the store too. Not even off Alibaba. Like, just make it happen. <laughs> oh, That's shout out all my jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out, my guy Josiah. Well, we're we're coming to a close here. Before we come to a close, do you guys have anything else Lakers related you wanted to get off your chest? Uh, do you guys? So there was that Rondo also article there, and um, there's a thing where he said. Uh, it kind of scared me. They said that his agent, Bill Duffy, and the Lakers last summer, like, they talked about a multi-year commitment. And the Rondo jokingly, no one else laughed, but jokingly he said, as far as long-term, maybe not like a six-year deal, but you know, I'm only 33. I was like, oh, man, no. Like, yeah. this is done. I'm only I would, 33. I, I, think, I think his uh, only 33 part might not have been jokingly. The other part <laughs> was, but I'm sure the only 33 was serious. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that that needs to not happen. I would much rather have Caruso play than Rondo, especially like just you see his on court, off court numbers, and all that stuff is net rating. It just it, it would not make sense. The way that he, especially with keeping LeBron, you've seen him and LeBron don't mix well together when they're on the court together. It doesn't. It wouldn't make any sense to bring him back. At, at the end of the day, like I feel like. I, I, I want to look at it holistically. I feel like he built a good relationship with like some of the younger guys, like Brandon. I, I feel like you know maybe the mentoring is there for Lonzo, but for me, it's just like it's an effort thing. Like when you're putting yeah. that jersey on, you got to show you care, and he just did the opposite of that so often that it was it's going to be hard for me to root for him next year as a Laker. Yeah, yeah. it would be very hard. Did you see? Uh, Pete's, uh, Dave, when Dave uh, tweeted that article about um, Rondo, oh, yeah. Pete replied right away and was just said, "Please God, no." <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I really wanted to respond to with the with the uh, the Steve Carell, um, Michael Scott. No, please God, no, Jeff, yeah. yeah. but I didn't. Also, I can't because of my Jeff usage restrictions. Uh, but we'll go over that later. Before, really quick, is it GIF or is it GIF? I've been saying GIF for the longest time, but I've heard... I thought it was GIF. It is yeah. GIF. It is GIF. Okay. I'm just ignorant but I've heard, sometimes. Okay. I've heard people say GIF, though. You've heard wrong people. Uh, so <laughs> you are right people. You are not wrong people. Yeah. I, you, I'm letting you say GIF. All right. It's a GIF. It's a GIF. <laughs> Every time I say GIF on the show, correct me. It's a GIF. Okay. I got you. Um, nah, do you, man? <laughs> you type the word GIF and I'll tweet back to you and say, man, it's GIF. Look, <laughs> I'm like Russell Westbrook, man. I don't do them. <laughs> I do you. Okay, uh, I think we've covered all the Lakers news for the week. Mm. But we at the Forum have a, a new venture that we're going to start 
even though Raj already started and Ali and I haven't. Um, but we found out, thanks to Jeannie, that none of us have seen The Wire, and we are going to watch The Wire as a podcast. Yes. And, uh, thank you, Jeannie. Thank you, Jeannie. I feel like it's better for you to say thank you, Jeannie, because y'all have actually met. But, it's, you know, it's okay. Um, I've not, I've not <laughs> met Jeannie. Oh, no? Okay. Yeah, cool. I, haven't, I haven't met Jeannie. Cool. I, sometimes I just think I'm in my, my East Coast silo over here, you know? <laughs> um, everyone in L.A. is just neighbors. I'm yeah. Like, you walk out the door and you just see everybody. <laughs> everyone in this gigantic, most populous city. <laughs> um, anyway. We're all going to watch The Wire together, and we're going to dedicate you know a couple short minutes at the end of the podcast to discuss what we've seen so far. So if you guys want to watch The Wire with us, if you haven't seen it, or if you want to rewatch the the series with us, join in. Uh, we're going to start with episode one, and you know hopefully by the next pod, Ali and I will have watched episode one, <laughs> and we'll go over the first episode. Maybe even episode two we might get a little crazy. That'd be fun. Yep. Uh, but I got a lot of projects for school, so probably not. Uh, but we'll see. Um, but I think it would be fun to sort of, you yeah. know, and, and that way, you know, if people have any questions or comments that they want us to share on the pod about the episode, we might be able to hop in at, at the end and do that. Does that sound good to you guys? Yeah, that sounds, sounds fun. great. One thing we should do too soon is uh, put out maybe 15 players that are going to be free agents this summer and try to guess. Um, where they're going to be going, and we can have people uh, list theirs too and see who's correct. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> kind of like the win loss thing you did <laughs> right after the All Star. Hey, hey, was hey, it? <laughs> I, have been, I have been ignoring that for the longest time. <laughs> I have called out my fault in that. I got excited. I had cough a lot of coffee. Um, yeah, no, I'm, that 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 win loss thing looks terrible. I'm really surprised you just tried to set yourself up for another one just now. <laughs> I know. No, no, but this one is like, let's just guess. That one was like, book it. I tweeted book it at the end of you it. You did tweet book it? <laughs> and once you tweet book it, it's like, all right, this better be right or we're roasting you. With me guessing free agents, just something fun. That one is just bad. Book it's an amazing phrase also. That's why I was like, you know what? I want people to know how serious I am about this. They're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> I know what to add. What was it, 20 and 5 or something like that? Yeah, it was 25. It was 20 and 5, and we were beating teams like the Bucks and all that. Uh, well, lately I've been correct, you know? Uh, maybe maybe I just got the timeline wrong. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's do that. Maybe maybe I meant 5 and 20. Yeah, they didn't know what you think. You, you did it the European way, you know? You did it backwards. Um, yeah. All right. Well, this has been a fun episode, and you know, I just want to thank uh, everybody, of course, for listening. If you haven't yet subscribed, please go ahead and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, and leave a five-star review with your comments, suggestions, feedback, whatever you need to say. Yes, and this yes, is, please. This has been Ali, aka Ali, <laughs> and Charles Diamond, aka the Black Bruce Wayne. Raj, a.k.a. Unwritten Rules. And I think I speak for the entire show when I say that Nothing Was the Same is the best Drake album. And we can end on that. (laughs) We can end on that. That's not true. That's not true. (laughs) It is so verifiably true that I don't want to discuss it. It's just that all his work is so good that I'm okay with that. It's okay. You know what? There's different goats for different people. Oh, you're right. 
Wow, it came full circle. I love when it comes full circle. Um, okay, fine. You know what? I, I can do that. Donnie, nothing was the same as the best. Yeah, so great podcast, guys. Yeah, and let me also say that uh, Kobe is the GOAT. <laughs> I, I think uh, if there's one thing we can all agree on, it's that Kobe is the GOAT. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, this has been The Forum.